This episode of Feminists Without Mystique is brought to you by Kensington's latest title, Demon Hunting with a Southern Sheriff by Lexi George. It's book six in the Demon Hunting series. This town's going straight to hell. With its cross-cultural mix of good old boys, big bad wolves, and otherworldly beings, Bear County is the last place you'd want to be a cop. But for Sheriff Dev Whitson, it's sweet home Alabama, and he plans to keep it that way. Famous last words. When a gruesome shifter massacre rocks the community, the sexy sheriff needs more than a badge and a few silver bullets. He needs the help of an immortal demon hunter. Her name is Arda, the High Huntress of Kirvani, whatever that means. Dev is in no position to be picky about partners right now, but when Arda turns out to be the one female he could really fall for, Dev knows he's in for one hell of a ride. God help them all. Uh, an attorney by day, Lexi George writes laugh-out-loud paranormal romance by night. She lives in Alabama, and readers can visit her at www.lexigeorge.com. You can find Demon Hunting with the Southern Sheriff by Lexi George wherever books are sold. Find out more at kensingtonbooks.com. Hey, everyone. This episode was recorded amidst a moving transition for Aaron. Very exciting. Um, so. This episode contains uh, some pitter-patter of little adorable feet <laughs> um, of her nieces and nephews. Um, so just a heads up, there is a little bit of background noise, but it's very cute. Welcome to Feminist Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting fire hose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week, we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we typically end with something hopeful. And a reminder that if you're enjoying us to recommend us to your friends, family, colleagues, whoever... Um, you can also follow us on social media, Feminist Without Mystique on Instagram, FWM Podcast on Twitter. Um, you can reach out to us via email, DMs, whatever, whatever you fancy. 27 school shootings have taken place so far this year. Mm -hmm. 213 mass shootings so far this year. It's been 10 years since Sandy Hook. And not much has changed with gun legislation. In fact, gun laws have loosened up in Texas where there was a um, mass shooting of children at an elementary school um, and um, teachers as well. And here we are. Here we are. It's tough. It's like I was so angry last night, you know, um, and today I felt more tired and sad, but I kind of want to try to chant, like tap back into the anger, um, which if I just take two seconds to think about Joe Manchin's face and his mm -hmm. statement, um, I can kind of mm, find myself back in the yeah. Mm. There's that anger. And Cruz, his thoughts and prayers, combined with how much money the NRA gives him, can also probably well, give you some rage. Ted Cruz, absolutely. Um, a lot of, actually a lot of the senators with their, um, it really did feel like they all had a talking point that they all circulated where they tweeted like shocked and horrified. It was something along the lines of like shocked and horrified and sending our thoughts and prayers to the families of the victims and including like Kirsten Cinema. There's this language that always gets immediately trotted out after these absolutely horrific and unacceptable incidents of violence. Um, and it's particularly hard to take when it's violence against children in a school. But the the rhetoric that immediately comes out from many people on, you know, Democrats and Republicans, but obviously Republicans are more of the issue in this um in, in, you know, they're more of the issue, but it's completely enraging and unacceptable that this has happened multiple times in our country in modern history. No other country has this issue. 
every single every single country that is as economically developed as as we are has if they've had an incidence of gun violence like i think in scotland in the 90s there was an, there was um someone killed 26 people and immediately they enacted a whole bunch of laws tightening gun restrictions and enacted a whole bunch of measures it never happened again or it hasn't happened since um we're the only country in which this happens uh i am disgusted by the defeatist attitude that has come out by a lot of democrats including chuck schumer in his press conference i mean basically and i i i'm i'm only glossing i i don't mean to gloss over the the incident itself or the victims but i feel like because I'm staring at the slideshow of the of these kids, <laughs> you know, I'm going to get so upset. Staring at the slideshow of these kids on the New York Times right now, I really struggle to understand how the government of the United States consistently sticks their thumb up their ass and does jack shit on this issue. Like, I I don't even know what to say because it's so insane it's so inhumane it is so it's so appallingly violent talking about freedom and the second amendment like freedom for who exactly like and and i don't even think you and i are the most extreme in terms of like gun control i i am if people want to hunt fucking fine fine but like no to handguns no to semi-automatic rifles no to like rifles with bump stocks or whatever those are. Um, background checks, utilize the technology that we have. I just was reading some article that proposed if your gun is stolen, you, it should be deactivated just like an iPhone. Like we have the technology, start making it so that stolen guns aren't able to, are, are nullified. They're not able to be used. Start passing back meaningful background checks, 24 hour waiting periods, like women who want to get an abortion. I mean, we'll get to that whole pro-life aspect of this, but anyway, I'll let you, I'm just like, I I'm getting, I'm working myself up into my rage here from sadness and, uh, I'll stop. <laughs> no, no need to stop. I mean, it's, yeah, it is enraging, um, raging and devastating and all all of the awful things and like you said it's such a uniquely american problem um and it's not a unique thing to happen here i mean there's the shooting um the like hate crime shooting of like elderly black people at a grocery store last week and the taiwanese mm -hmm. churchgoers like the week before earlier in the week um then in terms of shooting kids that's not rare either um firearm related injury and death is the number one cause of death mm. for kids and adolescents in America now, mm. um, which obviously it's not just shootings, it's also kids who get into their parents' guns, but that's also a huge issue around guns and who should have access to guns. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, there's HR8, which is sitting in the Senate. That's the universal background check um, legislation that like something like 90% of Americans want regardless of political party because mm -hmm. um, there's no reason if you're responsible quote if you're a responsible gun owner to not want other people to be responsible you need a license for fishing for all kinds of things mm -hmm. why would you not for um for guns and like you said why do we need bump stocks why do we need assault rifles you don't need mm -hmm. that to kill a deer or you know yeah there's no need for it um and we are the only place where it's like this. Like you said, like in Scotland, there was the incident, like similar things in Australia and New Zealand, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. But here is just this pervasive problem. Like I said, Sandy Hook was 10 years ago. Yeah. I remember when Sandy Hook happened, everyone was like, this is going to be the driver of change. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't. Like it's easier to get a gun and to open carry in texas today than it was then and mm -hmm. texas is where the, the shooting happened today where all of those like innocent kids were murdered and yeah. the fact that that's a fear a valid fear in this country sending your kids to school that they're going to be shot and killed that they're doing drills that the teachers are being taught that if they hear one of their students banging on their door to get back in not to do it because the 
the gun mm-hmm. per- the, the shooter could be using them as bait mm-hmm. like and they just have to this is life this is what we have to do yeah because what the nra has their their vice grip on politicians who mm-hmm. what what are you doing why are you why are you in an elected position is mm-hmm. it really as simple as greed and corruption like really that's all you got that's more important than these children's lives it's just so deeply deeply depressing that that is where we are and how how the lives that were ruined that will forever be ruined the lives that never got to be because of this and it's going to keep happening because we and what do we do it's just like screaming into a void Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't know. It's an utter and complete failure of government, of of our democratic institutions to work to represent the people that are voting these people into office to make laws. Like there is literally nothing happening. And we've talked about this for different issues, but like nothing is getting passed in Congress. We have a democratic uh, president we have the Democrats barely in control of the Senate and, and the House of Representatives, and nothing is getting passed. And we're told over and over again, and for some reason, this narrative continues to persist that, like, the Democrats have moved too far left. The whole party is like, wait, J- Joe Biden's controlled by the liberals. You can't give me one, give me one, one concrete example of a law that Joe Biden and the Democrats have passed at the hands of these of this like liberal mob that's controlling them because you you there is none nothing exists like that what we have are people who have talked about moderates and the importance of of reaching across the aisle and like Joe Biden and Joe Manchin they talk about how like vote for me because I can get everyone to the table like I'm a folksy man who fucking knows what what I'm doing and I know how to reach across the aisle to these reasonable Republicans and we will together get something passed and that is not what has been happening nothing has been happening nothing has been getting passed nothing moderate has been passed I I would applaud anything, literally any movement on gun violence on so many issues. There is so much that this government that we that needs to be fixed, and nothing. There's no movement, and so I am not persuaded, and I will not be persuaded until I actually see sixty votes on goddamn anything. You know that moderates are doing anything, are or are the way we should be going. The filibuster needs to be abolished so that voters can actually see who they voted for and and see the results played out through legislation. And so at this point, I I welcome I, I will just like surrender to the inevitable, which is that Mitch McConnell will get rid of the filibuster. Republicans will legislate. You know, they'll they'll be able to get shit done. It'll be what they think, how they think the country should be run. And then maybe we'll have a better sense. Maybe more people will vote Democrat because they'll be like, oh, shit, actually, I fucking hate what Republicans are doing. Or maybe they won't. But like my belief is that you could if you actually felt the effects of what Republicans want for the country, which is not what where the majority is or what they want, you could then by process of elimination, be like, oh, I'll vote for the other people. And then the Democrats could actually get some shit done. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe, I don't know. We had some, um, I had a small child run down here. That I, had to <laughs> I know. I know. And send a, a text to my brother and be like, you need to keep your children upstairs. <laughs> It's okay. It was so cute to see. Uh, that was that was Ryan, right? No, it was Alex. Ryan's almost eleven now. Oh my god, they're just yeah. all such little cuties. But I can't believe he's almost eleven. I know. I know. It's crazy. Anyway, yeah, they actually um, witnessed uh, a shooting yesterday, topically, um, <laughs> when they were driving through New Haven. Um, they didn't see anyone get shot; just a window, but still um, very relevant to the topic of the day and terrifying because what 
I mean, first of all, I'm sure that it was really scary um, to have to explain like what that Mm -hmm. was or try to stay calm in the moment um, for your sister-in-law. Like that was probably really hard. Having to model that for the kids and one of uh, a parent I know posted about how her like six-year-old was asking if they could keep the windows up in the car in case there were bullets. And it's just like, this is this part of American life and culture now that just is so embedded and it just doesn't have to be. No. It's like, say you're pro-life yet. What about all these lives? They're just, they're disposable, expendable because we need guns more. I don't, I don't know. Cause yeah, like being able to carry a weapon of war, a weapon of mass like murder is uh, apparently a more important freedom than the freedom of a child to get his ed- his or her education at an elementary school safely. Because the lives that pro-lifers, as they want to identify themselves, um, as they vociferously identify themselves, pro-lifers only care about life insofar as they care about control of a woman's body. It is not about the life. It never has been. Um, I think I've only heard or read or been aware of a few people who are pro-life who have the actual consistency that they are against the death penalty, that they are pro-gun, sensible gun control. They are working to assist immigrants um, in this country. They are working, they are in favor of, you know, public health measures that make life better for people. Like the, the, they are, those people are in the huge minority in terms of like pro-lifers that have consistency in terms of what, how they value life. And it's just going to continue to be like so nauseating to me and like enraging to the point where I feel like I'm seeing red that there is this conversation around pro-life when it's like you don't give a shit about the child who is walking around trying to go to school. You know, you don't care if the child has access to clean drinking water or food. Um, you know, there are so many, what, 25 million children starve every or like are go to bed hungry in this country every day. And gun violence, as you said, is the leading cause of death among children like get the fuck out of here with your like rhetoric about caring about life like just fucking can it <laughs> like yeah it's just so blatantly not real or yeah. genuine and it's like but people still lap it up and vote for them it's like yeah i'm pro life and don't think about like critically think about what they're actually doing or voting for like if you don't like abortion vote for comprehensive sex education because that will actually reduce unwanted pregnancies um instead they do things like no we want abstinence only even though that doesn't work and that will lead to more abortion like it's just there's no empathy there's no critical thinking there's no common sense it's just people i feel like people vote because they're motivated by fear and people run for office motivated by greed and then we live in this country that's like uh, I don't know what's what's going to happen um because every year we're just saying 2022 is a weird bitch like (laughs) every it's not like there's ever been a time in the history of the country where things have been great you know since you know um we we massacred the Native um, Americans and came in and did all kinds of awful shit since we got here um but the way that so many things seem to be hurtling yeah. downwards in a terrifying trajectory toward like fascism and environmental collapse and rampant gun violence. I, of course, pandemics, you know, endemics, perhaps. Um, I just, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. what are we, what are we going to do? I, who, who, how are they going to get things done? What if, who's going to be elected next? Oh. I mean, is there anything that the old Biden administration <laughs> can like just do really quick? I mean, could we just like do some of this gun stuff really quickly? Um, 
something, protect Roe v. Wade. I mean. I think the defeatism is something that's so bothersome to me, too. Like, the fact that Biden's speech was defeatist, actually, and so was Chuck Schumer's, is like, oh, okay, so we're not even going to really try. Like, great to know that you're coming out of the gate limp as fuck like you know <laughs> call a spade a spade it, it's you know and it's like i'll see people posting things that kind of equate republicans and democrats in this and i don't think in general that's true but then it's like you have enough people who identify as democrats who are just like complacent mm-hmm. and just limp, <laughs> limp. <laughs> and ineffective and full of like empty promises that they're either inept to keep or don't care to or like reprioritize things like I just I don't know but I I I want there to be real change and and progress and moving forward and I don't know how that's going to happen I don't know who's going to run for president next time around is Joe going to do it again he he implied he wasn't going to do that yeah he initially ran but I don't know. Is it going to be someone who's going to be hope and change? But like this time around, I don't know. Is there going to be like, are we climbing up, you know, to, to something good? Are we working through some shit swamp to get to something better? Is this is this the climb that Miley Cyrus referred to? <laughs> or feels like it's just... more of a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> does feel it feels it feels that way it feels like a wrecking ball has flown off the chain is tumbling careening downwards yeah um i just and then how do we just live life and yeah what's gonna what are we up to what's gonna happen Mm. how do we maintain an optimistic like optimistic cheery uh cheery vibe yeah i don't know maintain maintain (laughs) maintain How do we maintain? Uh, I really don't know. I don't know what's happening, but it really doesn't feel good. It really doesn't feel like we're on a good course or like going to be able to like jump the tracks and get onto a better course. Um, Not at this rate, like not when somehow the discourse is dominated by uh, essentially Fox News. They set the narrative on what we all have to respond to, even though it's so bad faith and like it's mired in like absolute mis- like intentional lies. You know, they, they take the most sensational moments from the most like uh, just bad faith moments um, and they blow them up into these like culture wars that we all have to respond to. It's depressing that there are so many people who are so thin-skinned and and weak-minded that they are swayed by these like figments of Fox News's fever dream. And then there are a lot of like pseudo-intellectuals who will write New York Times op-eds and different like think pieces and threads on Twitter about like, but to be fair, let's just like take this and you know, and then they both sides it and they 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 give air, intellectual air, to fan the flames of basically Fox News's bullshit culture wars. And then we lose elections. I don't know what else to say about the Republican platform. And it really seems like the whole country has lost its mind that this is even, we even have to have a conversation where you would even consider voting for a Republican at this point. Like, their platform is, like, basically fascism and it's xenophobic it's anti-education anti-public health sexist homophobic transphobic all the phobics all the phobics all the bigoted things yeah wild distaste for truth like yeah yeah it's i i could never understand how somebody could be like oh down with antifa do you realize (laughs) down with anti-fascists and like Right. You're kind of, it's just, there's, it's so stupid and malignant and, and it's so many more people, I think, in this country than, than I even realize. And I mean, wouldn't ever win the popular vote, but because we 
we do it like we do it yeah um, elections can still be won by these people and there are enough people in this country who who really believe in it and i don't know i don't know what to do about that you know because it's not mm-hmm. just like oh all of us come together and overthrow the bad man it's like there are a lot of <laughs> it's yeah. not just like one tumor it's like it's spread um yeah it's it's stage four we've it i don't know not to be a you know downer you know i'm i hope that good will triumph in the end but it's like i feel like i've seen this movie and i feel like we all die in the end right in some apocalyptic way caused by human greed and selfishness yeah yeah i mean there's that movie don't look up which i thought was pretty bad um okay did you see it It, like it had moments but overall i was like is this supposed like it felt like a like a a project that some like i don't know it wasn't as deep as it was i don't know yeah my hot take i thought it thought it was a deep a deeper thing than it was right like the whole time you're kind of like oh we're not going past this okay um yeah so I thought it was bad, but I did think it was the the part that I thought was the most interesting was essentially like how humans react to like something that could be the end of the world and like basically put your faith in like a billionaire who's just like mm-hmm. gonna try to fix it, but he doesn't really. And then it's like, oh, but I can escape and everyone else dies. And I just was kind of like, yeah, I mean, that is how it would go kind of, I think like- mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think that's what Elon wants to do with us all. Yeah. Maybe. It was Elon Musk who talked about, like, basically indentured servants on another planet, right? Was it him or... Yeah, it was him, I think. I think you're right about... Was he? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that sounds like, right. Oh, it or was... people. Like, you can yeah. work to pay for your... Mm. Oh, my God. Elon. Ugh. Yeah, it's all very... I mean, and the fact that that movie wasn't, like shocking or like you know or like what else yeah <laughs> it also speaks to where we're at um as a country and as a world um yeah because it was so depressingly believable that there could be a meteor coming straight for the earth and we could do something but we're not gonna do something and right just gonna act like it's not happening um and yeah we live in a place where you can wake up and see that 19 kids have died and nothing it feels like nothing's going to really come of it right it's like we're living in an awful version of groundhog day um and yeah i i have no i have no wisdom i just don't know how to make you know how to make this stop it's scary and it's not it's not even like oh well keep your kids home from school what about grocery stores and churches and right there's literally nowhere um movie theaters i think about that i think about aurora every time i'm in a movie theater like every single time i think what if someone just pulls out a gun (laughs) yeah i'm nervous in grocery stores um Mm -hmm. it's i also get nervous when like less so here but where i lived before like i would be one of the only people masked in a grocery store and i felt nervous that some like anti-masker would like assault me you know yeah it's just like that's that's also where we where we are but yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's been 213 mass shootings 21 weeks into the year um what this yeah i feel like a broken record but um you know this latest shooting uh happened in texas they have weak gun laws compared with other states i'm just looking at the Center for American Progress um, talks about how Texas doesn't require a gun owner or a purchaser to obtain a license or require a background check for private gun sales that take place in gun shows or online, which is like major loopholes. They don't ban, Texas doesn't ban or regulate assault weapons or high capacity magazines. The state has not adopted extreme risk protection laws that allow family members or law enforcement to petition the court to temporarily remove firearms from individuals experiencing crises, doesn't provide funding for community-based violence intervention programs, and has not adopted measures to protect women against gun violence from domestic abusers. 
Um, for example, Texas does not prohibit people convicted of domestic violence crimes against a current or former dating partner from possessing a firearm, which is the case in 29 states. Um, and they don't require firearms or ammunition to be removed from the home after a domestic violence situation. So that's all That's all happening in Texas. Um, and that's part of their why they have high, high rates of gun violence. I mean, we have it very high across the country. I don't feel like it is uh, worth even engaging, honestly, with arguments against, with arguments like for maintaining the status quo, which, you know, we heard today from different spokespeople on the right, Greg Abbott, the fucking governor of Texas, Marco Rubio. Um, uh, basically, they say, and, you know, I think, what was it? Fucking Lauren Burbert, Burbert, whatever, from Colorado was like, you can't stop evil. Like, you can't legislate evil away. And Marco Rubio was like, there's high rates of gun violence in Chicago. And a lot of people have pointed out, well, a lot of the people in Chicago, most of them get their guns from other states. That's, like, part of the whole thing um, because it's so easy to obtain guns in the country. And, you know, so, uh, yeah, it's <sighs> – it's just, uh, I mean, Texas is quickly becoming a state that I just like really don't. I mean, my uh, fiance's family's from Texas, and I have gone, uh, like, I had never been actually before, like, you know, visiting them. And I really like San Antonio. I've really enjoyed visiting them, and I really like, I've really enjoyed my time in Texas. Like, I, people are super friendly. It's been fun. Um, and so I'm not saying this, like, to be like sort of (laughs) shitty um but it does feel like I just don't want to go to Texas Texas feels like an unsafe state for a variety of reasons with like gun violence and the way that they treat women and the way that you can actually like I I told Campbell like you know who knows I mean it's it's sort of a stretch at this point but it doesn't feel wildly unrealistic that like someone could come after me because of a podcast in terms of me advocating for abortion. So like someone could sue me as soon as I step into Texas, like, and then I'd have a legal, like I'd have to defend myself. And if I was found, you know, guilty of whatever thought crime, I would have to pay for that person's legal bills because they decided to sue me and they won. So what? Insane. And I've never (laughs) been to Texas. I would, my husband's from there, but, um, yeah, it's not it's sounding frightening to go there. And I think there are gonna be more and more places and states. I mean, there are other states I feel that way about as well, but it feels like mm-hmm. there are more and more that are going from mm to mm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and Greg Abbott. It's just the celebration of guns <sighs> there. Um like he like when he tweeted about how when Texas Texans who legally own guns were ne- were allowed to carry in public without any license or training, it's like why is this? I get some people are into guns and are going to be into guns and like all right, but why are you celebrating? You don't need a license or training, right? Like, like why, why? And he and oh, when he tweeted, I'm embarrassed. Texas number two in nation for new gun purchases behind California. Let's pick up the pace, Texans oh, at NRA. Um, and then has the audacity to tweet about grieving for the victims. Yeah, you have just jerked off all over the place about guns. Right, the entirety of your governorship. Right, and. You keep don't pretend like how insulting. Yeah. And like you care. And then all of the the politicians who tweeted similar things or said like we're talking about put those statements out. You how shameful. Right. So transparent and gross human beings. It's gross. It's gross. It's so and just disheartening, like you said. I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly, it's like, I really, <laughs> I just didn't think people were this greedy, selfish, self-serving, and just like generally stagnant and shitty um, yeah. in our governments. Like, I did not 
think that when Obama, you know, in 2008 when we campaigned for Obama. Um, and I have like a very irritated cat. <laughs> I will feed you after. Jason? Chill out. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I really was believing in hope and change and the bright future. And then things just started going downhill mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. And I just, and just a lot. Yeah. There's just a total, there's not even like logical arguments for these things, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's like one of the tweets I saw that the U S has the highest firearm per capita ratio. If guns made us safer, we'd be the safest country on earth. Like things like that where it's like, yeah. 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 Sure. We, yeah, that makes sense. Let's continue to see wildly alarming rates of gun violence. Yeah. And like, what are we? Well, also, I mean, the fucking that line, like, well, a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. And again, read me some goddamn statistics with that. Where are those good guys with guns stopping bad guys with guns? Because they're late. They're really late. They're not doing it. Like, it doesn't happen. That's a stupid talking point. Um, Just, like, we just need less guns. That's what we need. (laughs) Like, we need to make it so much harder for people to buy guns. We need to make it so that when guns are stolen, they're totally nullified. We need, you know, there are a lot, like, but we, and we need to just start passing these laws and trying. Like, just try some shit and see if it sticks. Like, my God. I know, like, what, why can't we get some things done? Why wasn't Roe codified? Why, why have we not made meaningful gun legislation since Sandy Hook 10 years ago? This is, because this was the worst shoot, like, school shooting since Sandy Hook. Mm -hmm. The last time little children were shot up at school, Um, which I, it's so, it's so devastating. Um, Again, like, we don't, we're not, glossing over that it's just there if because I care so much I want to not see this happen like I don't it feels like a matter of time before it like touches you know your life and even if it didn't these are these kids these are kids yeah why why can we not do something about this why can we not it's so it's 100% preventable yeah. Like the number one cause of death in kids is 100% preventable. What the, f- what? We're the society that claims it loves kids so much and mm-hmm. cares so much for children and families. Yeah. The number one cause of death is totally preventable. And we have legislation sitting that, that makes a dent at least that mm-hmm. 90% of Americans support and it's nothing's happening. Yeah. I, because the NRA has, dollar like come on humans humanity do better we're supposed to take care of children and protect them and we're yeah. just failing them we're fa- we're failing them and our government is relying on crusty old talking points that we've got to be better at refuting i mean we've got to be we're smarter than this like you know i was chatting with my dad last night and he was talking about he kind of was reminding me that like you know, just basically like the whole, we've talked about this before, but like the idea that the founders intended anything really is sort of a bullshit line because first of all, there was initially the Declaration of Independence in 1776, but then like the Constitutional Convention was in 1787 and that was Hamilton and Madison and John Jay. um, And that was to basically strengthen the federal government because the Articles of Confederation wasn't really working in terms of all the states having basically their own currency and their own, like, they had way too much autonomy and they weren't able to get anything done because there wasn't a strong central government at all. But, like, they had lots of arguments. They put together what they could agree on, and that was very little. So, like, it was a starting point, you know? And the filibuster is something that was is relatively recent so uh it's not like that was etched in gold when you know during the founding and and nothing in terms of the founding should be 
sacred really because it should just be respected as like that was the starting point of our government and we have to grow as the as society progresses it's convenient for greg abbott and ted cruz that the founders were all landowning white men and the problem is that the problem for everyone else is that talking about well whatever we should just do what the founders the intent of the founders and whatever the founders decided it's like well it's convenient for you that the founders were really only looking out for your fucking interests. That's part of why we're having such societal discord at this moment is because people, uh, everyone else who's been marginalized historically has been raising their voices up and it's gotten a little unpleasant for the white landowning men. (laughs) Um, It it kills me that Joe Manchin is just worshiping at the altar of the, of the filibuster. Yeah, it's yeah, it makes it makes no sense. Like you update things, you know, from 250 years ago as culture and society evolves and changes, you know, mm-hmm. you like you said it's a starting point. In what world do you did we stop medical advancements then? Right. Say, ah. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't really go against the founders leeches. <laughs> You know. The leeches. They love they work. leeches, they though. Know. You know, I just, mm, let's just stick with the leeches. <laughs> you know, as you get new information and and you evolve, you update. Like, yeah. we didn't. We don't all still have AOL dial-up. <laughs> we do not. We don't. We've moved on from there, um, despite respecting the tradition. We didn't mm-hmm. stop it. Now that's what I call music one. <laughs> or if I think, like, in the 80s or the 90s. Like, we don't. Uh, you need to move forward and evolve as a society. Um, but it feels like we're not doing that or, so, or it's like part of the population is trying to, and the other part is trying to go back in time and bury their heads in the sand. And the two visions of the future are so wildly incompatible that I don't know. There, there are so many things where it doesn't feel like there's any compromise. But the thing is, the gun issue isn't one of those things. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like, I mean, I know where I think we need to get to, but there's so much to get done. Yeah. Before then. Yeah. A lot of which a lot of people agree on, like the background checks that would make it di- like. Yeah. We can at least do some stuff. We yeah. all agree that we should do some stuff. It is so rare that we all agree to do stuff. Yeah. So the fact that it's that it's being like held hostage by the people who are elected, by the people who want the stuff to get done, mm-hmm. are not doing the stuff. It's just this should be, you know, this should be an issue. Like we should have all been able to rally together after Sandy Hook and get stuff done. Yep. Like not shooting kids should is a pretty bipartisan idea. Mm-hmm. Yet we're all powerless to stop I just oh my my goodness there should almost it's almost like there should be a law that of course will never get passed because they don't pass laws but some sort of accountability for the federal government employees of the senate and of the house of representatives which would be like if you don't pass I guess it would have to be just for the senate because the congress is two-year terms but like for the Senate, because they don't really like to do anything. They're the, ooh, they're the cooling pan of the, whatever the fuck. Like, it's cool. Ooh. It's cold. It's hard as a rock. It's hard as a rock, you fucking assholes. It, basically, if the Senate doesn't pass meaningful legislation every term, and I mean, like, I don't know what I would arbitrarily say, but, like, you should pass, like, 20 actual laws a year. You know? Like... You should be passing laws. Nowhere else does anyone get to not do their job. Like you are given like a, a really important sacred task of this democracy and you're shitting on it. Ted Cruz, Joe mm-hmm. Manchin, Kirsten Cinema, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. I mean, he's effective, but... Uh... Not at getting meaningful things. He's effective at being a stalwart, stagnant, crusty trash bag. Yeah. Horcruxes abound with that one. Oh, my God. 
I know. When? Yeah. Oh my goodness. We digress. We digress. <laughs> but anyway, everything feels really fucking awful. You were talking about um, your family with the gun violence, and I know that this has come up in a variety of different <laughs> podcasts, but I also, you know, was robbed at gunpoint. Um, it's unclear whether or not the guy – he. I, I didn't see the gun. He said he had a gun and he like motioned as if he did have a gun and it was dark. So I didn't see whether or not he did in his pocket or in his pants the way that I don't know would have been. But it was enough to scare the shit out of me. Um, And he took my phone, my new iPhone. It was my first iPhone, you guys, in 2012. I had to have my friend's dad's Blackberry all summer until I could buy a new iPhone. It was sad. But it was scary. Like, yeah. I think, I don't know the impact. I, I think for people who have real, like, I, I would say that mine was obviously real and it was impactful. And I do think about it sometimes, like, having a moment where you're like, am I going to die this evening? Like, is there really specific type of fear where you think like I mean at least different and for me it flashed into my mind like like no one would know what happened like my parents would just not know why I was like on this highway overpass at 11 p.m with my friend Greg (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) you'd fill them in yeah but like it was just sort of like a moment where you're like I just graduated NYU and it was sort of like did my life just like amount to nothing, like to amount to this, this is like where it ends for me. And I think like anyone who's had an, had a brush with that, it's like, it does stay with you in a specific, in some sort of sense. And these kids, like part of what's so devastating is like, they were just supposed to be going to like, this was one of their last days of school. It was close to summer break. And like, none of them, no one ever deserves it, but it's particularly fucking like gutting that this is where it ended for them. This is how it ended for them. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it's <sighs> we're we're afraid of guns and that was such a traumatic experience for you because guns are designed to kill people. Yeah. They're designed to kill. That's what they're for. Which is why they shouldn't just be out and about willy-nilly. People say like, "Oh, well, you could kill someone with a knife." Yeah, but you couldn't kill 20 people that quickly with it. You know, it's just it's so rare that like we can clearly identify so many exacerbating parts of a problem like and what to do about so many aspects of it. It's not like we could solve the the problem overnight, but there's so many things that we know we could do that would help. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like you said, the fact that they're, that's where their lives ended and it was a hundred fucking percent preventable. Um, and now these, like, one of the little girls, her dad was talking about how she didn't, one of the girls who was murdered, she didn't want to go to school that morning. And just, like, think, like, the weight on those parents and the family members and friends and community members and just the, it's just, it's so deeply sorrowful and, I mean, it's just, it's indescribably devastating when kids die because like it's just there's there's innocence and there's potential and there's like beauty and joy and like it's like this represent not more than a representation they're human beings but it's also this representation of like good and possibility and Mm -hmm. it's it's just not the way you're not supposed to bury your kids and kids aren't supposed to be shot to death and the fact it's the number one caught like what are we doing yeah. What are we doing? Is this going to be the thing that changes it? Yeah. Or is this going to be something that gets something done? We really thought it would be 10 years ago, but I hope it is. I mean, people need to continue to advocate to their elected representatives and this needs to be an issue for people. But God, what is, yeah. yeah. Broken record, but what the fuck is it going to take? I don't know. And, you know, if people are looking to donate, um, the two places that I always think about, although I think it's worth looking up on social media and seeing, um, you know, victims' families, if they're sort of like verified Venmos or Kickstarters, um, I think people do a really good job generally of 
like posting on social media like that they checked okay this is the person uh you know this is this you know just verifying um but bigger uh nonprofits that you could donate to are like every town for gun safety um or moms demand action um so those are two places that are, you know, working really hard to advocate for common sense gun legislation, gun safety. Um, and uh, I don't know, fucking deflating, deflating, <laughs> sad. Yeah. I mean, try your best, I guess, to take care of the, the members of your community. One of my friends posted something that I found really depressing <laughs> let me share um, <laughs> share it <laughs> yeah so the past two and a half years have shown us the system can't protect us this shit's institutionalized take care of your communities no politician 501c is going to do it ride shares buy nothing groups check your neighbors mutual aid do what you can and god i hope that we can institutionalize protections around yeah. these things rather than pretty much do the opposite but i do as depressing as that was it's like i do appreciate the the heart of the message which is to try to take care of your communities and it shouldn't be an individual's responsibility to take care of their whole community but trying to take care of one another as best we can um rally together and and this fucked up weird messy bitch of a world that we live in yeah here here And that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, we see you this week. Uh, you know, well, both of us had busy, cu- busy couple of weeks and uh, weren't anticipating doing a, I mean, I was anticipating talking about depressing shit that mm-hmm. angered me, of course, but I wasn't yeah. really prepared to, you know, tackle, tackle this horrible shit. But go hug your little one. Oh, I'm going to hug and squish her. I'm She's gonna... become a real maniac lately. She has, probably because the influence of her cousins. Mm-hmm. That's She's so a... exciting. <laughs> She's a messy little baby now. They're like energizing her with potential. She's like, oh. She's, She's on one. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, that does it for us. Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.com slash podcasts.